My name is Mary Martin, and I'm a director of an apostolate called Unleash the Gospel at Work. Our mission is to help women and men joyfully live their faith and witness to Christ and the gospel in the workplace. The purpose of Unleash the Gospel at Work Innovation Podcast is to invite leaders from around the country to share their story about how they found innovative ways to share their faith in their workplaces. Today, we are blessed to have Father Steve Pullis, the Director of Graduate Pastoral Formation at Sacred Heart Major Seminary with us on our UTG at Work Innovation Podcast. Hi, Father Steve. Hey, Mary. Great to be with you. Thank you for coming on. This is really fun. We're excited to get this podcast rolling, and I want to take a minute and just pray, ask the Holy Spirit to be with us in this time. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this time, this opportunity to lay our lives before you, Lord. We just ask that your Holy Spirit descend upon Father Steve and myself and all of those who are listening to this podcast far and wide, that they may feel courage, that they may be emboldened to share the name of Jesus in their workplaces, and just invite others to a deeper relationship with him and his church. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow, Father Steve, <laughs> um, we have uh, we've known each other for a while now, and as long as I've been a priest, you're right, yeah. absolutely. Uh, we go all the way back to St. Joe's in Lake Orion. Yeah. Very fun memories. Yes. Very fun. Very fun. Um, I also looked up your bio. You have Ooh. some very important things that you've done <laughs> before before okay. being that. You know, it's like whoa, director uh, of evangelization and missionary discipleship. Mm, yes. Yeah. Many fun years at the Archdiocese, <laughs> secretary to the Archbishop. Yes. yes. Uh, what I really loved was all of the, um, just the boards you've been on. Hmm. You know, you've been in, involved with CYO and Catholic Charities and yeah. UTG at work. Yeah, there you my go. favorite one right That's now. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's really fun. And actually, one of the other things I thought about was... Um, you were quite involved with Awaken Ministry as well. Yes. I remember that being a very pivotal thing at St. Joe's. We had a, a beautiful uh, night of tra- real transformation, I think. Yeah, of adoration with the Blessed mm-hmm. Sacrament and preaching and a procession with that and dynamic music. It was an apostolate I was super happy to be involved with and I think uh, did a lot of good. Mm-hmm. Agreed, agreed. I know it did a lot of good for me. Yeah. So. Amen. <laughs> So what I want to know, and I think um, many of our listeners would love to know, can you share a little bit about yourself, your own spiritual journey, when your uh, relationship with Jesus became personal, when, when you really knew Jesus and, uh, and he you know, spoke into your heart? Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, well, Mary, thank you for having me on, first of all, and I'm really grateful to be part of UTG at Work. I think it's uh, you know, certainly a fruit of the synod and uh, continuing to flourish for um, all of us to become joyful missionary disciples here in the Archdiocese of Detroit. So I'm grateful uh, to you and the leadership at UTG at Work for the awesome things you're doing. Um, 
I grew up in an awesome Catholic family and I just feel so blessed to be part of, um, that the faith my parents gave me, you know, faith was the air we breathed at home. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the center of our family's life, uh, praying the rosary together every night. We went to Catholic school. I know my parents made great sacrifices for us to go to Catholic school and um, said no to a lot of things that uh, helped us kind of be guided and learn how to discern um, God's will over our own desires. And I'm just so grateful for that. So I feel like that was the foundation that then when I was in college, I was able to, you know, start thinking about my faith on my own. It was kind of the background of my life. You know, certainly maybe you could think of the wallpaper or it was kind of always there, but it, it hadn't really taken a personal deep root in my life as an adult. And when I was in college, I began to have uh, developed some friendships with people who were really um, faithful Catholics and could challenge me in ways. Mm. Uh, I began to read more about my faith. Part of that was uh, the school I went to required a number of theology classes. And so, you know, I began to engage my faith intellectually. And then um, I, you know, through that, through friendships and the intellectual piece, uh, I began to learn how to pray. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, really, it was the silence of Eucharistic adoration, uh, out of which a personal relationship with Christ um, began. So uh, this is a long answer. No, no, no. no, uh, But it's, it's my own experience of how did I um, kind of deepen my relationship with Christ? Well, it was coming to see him loved in other people and knowing he was true. And that gave me, that opened my heart to experience him as being true and real in, uh, in times of silence. And so it was really in college that that took off for me. Beautiful, beautiful. And I, I think sometimes we... Uh we know people are, we watch, and they have this intellectual conversion, right? Like there's so much, I'm a convert to the faith. So mm. I say to people all the time, I'm like, oh, you can never know everything about the faith, so don't yeah. even worry about that, you know? <laughs> but when you can tell that people are hungry for that and they wanna learn and they wanna study and they wanna grow, and I always listen for their heart. Yeah. I'm like, has the penny dropped? Mm. Are, are you able to uh, speak about Jesus in a way that you really do know him. Yeah. And like you said, sometimes it's it's in the silence that you but you gotta be dedicated. You gotta you gotta be in it to win it. It can't just, oh just God, tell me what to do, tell me what Yeah. Well if if he really told you what to do, it would be ugly. So yeah. <laughs> you know, just just taking the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The intellectual wrestling for me was very much about the church's moral teaching. This invitation to look at what a good life, a happy life looks like, and how the gospel proposes something that the world can often mock or ignore or treat as like old-fashioned. So the wrestling for me was, what does it mean to be happy? What does it mean to live a good life? Um, And seeing people do that well, my peers and older people, my parents certainly, 
But, you know, I think we all need people outside of our family sure. as well. And that was important for me. So the, the wrestling for me was very much like, what does a happy life, what does a good life look like? And, um, and just being very unsatisfied with the answers the world gave and um, seeing the beauty and the goodness of the church's moral teaching uh, had a profound impact on me to say, okay, Jesus is calling me to live in a different way. He's communicated that through his church, and he's alive, and he's helping me to do that. And uh, and it's worth pursuing and seeing if I can do that and um, if, if, in fact, that does lead to happiness. Right. And, and that really responded to the desire of my heart. Mm-hmm. And happiness not just how the world tells you everything will be happy, right. right? Like it's happy, clappy, and you can do whatever you want. You can be whatever you want. You could, but but we're really made for God. Yeah, you know. And you're right. The 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 depth of being able to s- swim in all of that theology and, and integrate it and and decide is this how I'm really gonna live? Yeah, yeah. Happiness in a much deeper sense than. You know, is this saying yes to a desire I have? Because we can have lots of desires that are not worth indulging or that we think will make us happy. And then, you know, a couple of steps down that road or even farther down that road, we realize this is not who I want to be, right? I look around and say, is this the man? Is this the person I want to be? And I think that's the beauty of the wisdom of the gospel given to us through the church, that it shows us the person of Jesus Mm -hmm. who I can encounter and come to know and give my life to because he's given his life to me. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. And I also know you uh, yeah. to be a great evangelist. I think mm. uh, I've watched you have conversations with people and really uh, accompany them and open their minds and hearts. So when did that sort of start to happen for you? When did you want to share the good news, the gospel? When did you want to bring other people to Jesus? And 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 how do people take that step? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm an extrovert, and people tell me I'm pretty far along the extrovert uh, um, spectrum. So I can't speak to those who are... In the same way, I can't speak to those who maybe feel more introverted or who are, um, you know, just have different approaches to that. But for me, I always love talking to people mm-hmm. and I always love talking about important things. I don't mind talking about the weather or sports or traffic or, uh, you know, right around the water cooler, yeah, I mean, whatever what, what we did over Christmas, all, sure. like all that yeah. stuff is, is mm-hmm. good, right? Um, but I think. You know, there's a desire in my heart to know people, and part of that means knowing important things about them, what's going on in their life. Um, so I think I've had a natural curiosity for that. Um, I also like to debate a little bit, which I have to curtail. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I like, you know, the kind of the sparring of different ideas and hearing different perspectives. So for me, I think that helped me grow in my own faith. And then just to have the um, the desire to talk about important things with people, that's naturally going to lead to the most important thing: who God is. Mm-hmm. What's you know? What's the meaning of my life? What's the direction of my life? So, you know, one of the things I would say is you ha- 
to be interested in people. Yeah. And I, I don't know if introverts, <laughs> I think they are. Go introverts, <laughs> do it. Yeah. But I, as an extrovert, like people fascinate me right. and I'm always interested in like different perspectives or, or people who are in different areas of their life. Um, so uh, to be really interested in people and then that has to um, enrich to a love of people, I think. Uh, you have to not just be interested in like, oh, that's a interesting way to think about life, but I'm interested in the most important thing, your salvation, your enduring happiness. And I want to show you what I've learned and propose it to you. Um, so I think just caring about people mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, being willing to even like, you know, push just a little <laughs> bit, not, not to be too That's obnoxious. the evangelist part of you. Yeah. And, <laughs> like, you know, hey. I've... I've gone too far in many many occasions and that's why we make that's why we have the word I'm sorry I was an idiot <laughs> get really good at saying that um, but yeah just caring about people and being interested in their lives mm-hmm. and I think we overlook the opportunities that we might have especially in a workplace yeah right the fact that you know yes we're working on these projects or we have these deadlines or whatever we're doing together. Um, whatever kind of work. And sometimes it's even that you're working remotely. But there is a way to ask the questions where you really, it it goes beyond. You you really do care, especially if somebody is particularly, you know, maybe they seem off or, you know, they're usually pretty happy-go-lucky and all of a sudden they're not. You know, even just inquiring about that. And then you find out they have this kid at home who's very sick or they have a mother-in-law who's dying. Or Those are the beautiful times, I think, that you can really lean in and listen well. Yeah. And you don't even have to propose much. You know, yeah. the Lord just allow they, they respond because you do care. I read this book uh, just in the past few... Um, few months uh, by David Brooks, a New York Times columnist who wrote a book on like the art of listening, like mm-hmm. how to how to talk to people, how to listen. And, you know, he, he embarked on this journey and his point was people are really anxious to talk about themselves. They want to tell their story. They want to like share their life with others. And oftentimes we're afraid of prying or <laughs> sure. afraid of asking. Um but I thought his point was was a very good one and resonated with my own experience is people are often looking for connection mm-hmm. and there's a real epidemic of loneliness in our world. Amen. Mm-hmm. So to have the courage to take that first step and to not self-censor uh, your conversations or the workplace in thinking we can't talk about meaningful things. We have to have the you know, the workplace banter. That's right. (laughs) Where we fall into our stereotypical roles of asking, you know, enough not to be antisocial, but not too much (laughs) that it becomes a real conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the self-censoring is the real problem. And then that sterilizes the workplace. It ceases to become a place where people are humans interacting with each other. And it becomes this like artificial, um, relationship and a false relationship. So yeah, I would say very much like your point, 
to be willing to reach out to someone and just ask them. Be comfortable if they don't sure. want to share, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need to tie them down and right? put the, the heat lamp <laughs> in their face and interrogate them. But oftentimes people want to share and they're willing to if they know you care about them mm-hmm. and you're going to listen. Um, so, yeah, I think sharing our faith in the workplace often comes from sharing my own experience mm-hmm. and then just asking important questions like, you know, like what is meaningful in your life? What's mm-hmm. the most important thing? How is that? Why is that the most important thing? Um, how do you see like the purpose of life? And, you know, finding the right opportunity to, ha- to have these questions, sure. these conversations at various levels. And not everything happens perfectly between, you know, eight o'clock and four o'clock. You know, I know there's a lot of people or several people I know who are really have, uh, you know, wonderful charisms of encouragement and mercy, and they really care about people. And sometimes what will happen is they'll start a conversation, you know, uh, just at work. And then later on, it's like, hey, can I take you to lunch? Can I grab a coffee? And they come back to you. So it's not really like you got to go chase people, like you said, put the heat lamp on them and interrogate them as much as if you just open that up, especially with coworkers, just open that up. Then sometimes I don't know that everybody's even put words to how they feel. Mm. They so when you hold the space, that's what I think of sometimes is Jesus held the space for people when they were in a really tough spot, when it was confusing, when um, they were alone, right? He held the space for them. And I think sometimes even if we hold the space for people, they they put words to what they're trying to figure out. Yeah, I think that's well said that, um, you know, allowing people the opportunity to process this with you and to share these these parts of their life with you. Um, And I think your point is very good to say, you know, these are often relationships that require time Mm -hmm. and don't think one conversation has to do all of it. (laughs) Um, You know, I would add to that, it's okay to be a little bit different at work. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that can be a real, real tragedy is that we try so much to blend in that we lose the spark that makes us different as Catholics. Um, we lose the uniqueness that makes us saints or mm-hmm. that makes us, you know, great in situations because we're afraid of looking a little different. Um, and, you know, to be great is to be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Not, not too weird. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm way different. <laughs> yeah, but, I'm not sure. <laughs> but in the workplace to right. say, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm going to be the one who can have a conversation with people without devolving into gossip. Right. be someone who can joke around and have fun without getting to the place where it crosses the line. I'm going to be someone who is on the lookout to include those who maybe are a little left out. And that often makes us a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we need the courage in Christ to say, I'm willing to be different. I'm willing to stand out a little bit. Um, and with that can come discomfort or even maybe a little ridicule or a little, hey. little teasing. Um, but you know, persevering through that, you become the person that people can talk to when they're struggling, or you become the person who has the um, the character that someone who says, I'm, I feel like I'm floundering in life, and you know, I want to approach Mary 
Mary is someone who lives the life that I want to live. Mm-hmm. You know, I can aspire to God live that willing. Way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, maybe the, the grace of courage into this Lent uh, for resolutions during Lent commitments could be like, okay, what's the person I want to be? How do I live that way? Yeah. How do I be a little bit different? so that people can see Christ in me, uh, especially in these weeks leading up to Easter. Beautiful. I uh, One of the things I that really attracted me and continues to tra- attract me to the Catholic Church is the liturgical year. I love that we it, it switches. Like yeah. <laughs> it's like we got this for six weeks and we're doing that. And I, I don't know why. I'm just I like change. I like it to be it's a moving. roller coaster. <laughs> That's right. We're doing it. Um, so as we approach Lent, as we're coming into that time, uh, what are some ideas, some thoughts of how we can uh, be uh, more invitational, live it a little differently, like you said, and maybe just be creative in how we're going to share our faith or be more apt to say, hey, come with me to something. So sure. what ideas about that? Yeah. So the church gives us prayer, fasting, and almsgiving as the backbone of Lent. Um, and uh, those are always tied into how we're called to model our life for other people to see Christ. So, you know, Jesus tells us when you pray, when you fast, when you give Mm -hmm. alms, do it in this way so that your Father in heaven knows your heart, so that you're going to live in a way, not for the glory of other people, (laughs) uh, but so that the Father knows your heart, but not in a way that says, you know, no one can, uh, that we have to ignore the value our life can have for others. Um, so I, I would take those and I would look at, you know, things like that to say, um, let's start with fasting, right? Fasting is often we think about food. Right. And that's good. Yeah. Um, but maybe we can fast from talking about what we want to talk about mm. um, or being the one who has to tell the best story or get the credit to say, okay, my fasting here is going to be from talking about myself and I'm going to ask more questions. I'm going to care about the individual Mm -hmm. that I'm in front of. I'm going to look for their good. Um, In uh, almsgiving, it's often about giving money. Giving of our money is giving part of who we are. I think tied to this as well, we can um, give of our time to other people, give of our attention to other people, um, to really invite that relationship of who do I see who is poor in whatever way, who needs either God's love, my attention, anything like that? Mm-hmm. So I think having eyes to see those in need this Lent in the workplace is going to be a beautiful thing. And then prayer, and this might be a little stretching for people, but it's good for us to be stretched in Lent. Um, I would say what one of the things you can do is just to say, I'm going to pray for a different coworker every day mm-hmm. and just tell that person hey, this is my Lenten resolution. I'm praying for 40 different people or I work with eight people, so they all get five times. Like, I'm praying for you today. Is Mm -hmm. there anything you need? Is there anything I can do for you? What can I pray for you for? Um, And to do it in a way to show them that you care about them and you're bringing them before God in heaven um, is a beautiful uh, example and witness and is very non-threatening. I mean, you know, people would have to be extremely uh, agitated or 
um, antagonistic to take <laughs> <Sorry>. that as <laughs> as an insult. So I think thinking about prayer, fasting, and almsgiving can be a great way to approach this Lent in the workplace. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. I also love that you can, for those three things, you can bring reminders to your mm. workplace, right? Like you can, like even if you do have your special cross or your crucifix or whatever you have at your desk, switch it out, yeah. right? Put something different there so you know it's a different season. Yeah. Or um, uh, I, I think of those those times, like it's purple, right? What do we have that's purple? Can I change the background on my screensaver, yeah. on my computer, so yeah. that people see it? I have this uh, Sacred Heart of Jesus on my phone, yeah. and it doesn't really look like him, so people are like, <laughs> oh, that's sort of... But, but I think those are the yeah. easy things. There's beautiful artwork. There's all kinds of things that we can bring in as reminders to us yeah. that this is a different season. I think that's great. It you know triggers us to think about our faith differently. Um, you could also buy everyone a fillet of fish on yeah. a Friday and Lent <laughs> if you want to be really kind of playful, like fillet hey, of fish. That's right from friends. Mary Martin. There Here we you go. go everyone. Um, <laughs> no, so, fries, I, <laughs> no fries, no fries, just nah. fillet of fish, just fillet of fish, <laughs> or you know a gift certificate to your parish's fish fry. That's right. <laughs> um, no, I mean obviously there's lots of playful ways and, sure. and ways we can do it. Because some people, you know, might approach it from a perspective that's a little more lighthearted. Mm -hmm. But I, I love your approach to say, yeah. how am I thinking in the workplace a little bit differently during Lent? And what visual reminder is going to help me uh, be faithful to the commitments I want to make? Yeah. I've heard, uh, I have a friend of mine, a coworker I used to have, and um, she's a convert to the faith. And she was raised, you know, raised with God, went to church off and on. And someone, it was during Lent, someone invited her to Stations of the Cross. Mm, and yeah. she was like, get out of here. Like, what's <laughs> the deal, man? Like, she was so, number one, moved that that person cared enough yeah. to want to share this part of our faith with her. But also, just that, like, she said, I, I just didn't know that he went through all that pain and all of that suffering. And yeah. it was beautiful. So I, I also think, like, People think of Lent. I hate to tell you, I love Lent. Lent yeah. is one of my. People are like, "Really? You're a weirdo." I'm like, "No, I love Lent, man. Yeah. It's great. I love it." Um, but and I think that there's lots of different ways, new opportunities to just say, "Hey, you know, we're doing this thing. We got this speaker. We got this mission. Just invite people, and maybe they'll say no 39 times, but on the 40th time." They got nothing going on, they'll come, you know? Yeah. yeah, I think about this with evangelization. A no doesn't mean we failed, right, on two levels. First, like, it's God who causes the growth. So Amen. our job is to be faithful, and sometimes the fidelity God wants is for us to get over ourselves <laughs> and to make the invitation or to share the word of praise or, or to pray for someone to let them know that they're not alone. And we can get nothing back from that. Right. We feel Not like, it. you know, we were dropping a pail of water into the ocean and it just feels totally useless. God knows what he's doing. Um, but secondly, like, we don't know what step that is to the person's deeper relationship to God. Right. right? Like, maybe they'll say no to you. And then two weeks later, they'll say yes to something else because mm -hmm. you've planted a seed. So... You know, being okay with no and okay with what seems like rejection 
is a huge part of how we learn to share our faith uh, in the workplace and everywhere else. Right. And that's just our own growth and pride, yeah. right? Just like yeah. let it go, release it. You know, there will be, God will put someone else or some other situation on your heart. Just speak it out, man. <laughs> speak it out. Mary, do you ever watch Shark Tank? Or have you yes. seen Shark Tank? Yeah. 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 I just think it like entrepreneurs, they're, um, their confidence in their product and their like desire to bring this thing, you know, like uh, the Scrub Daddy, I think yeah, is the okay, number one yeah. Shark Tank uh, <laughs> thing, you know, to bring it, to be willing to look like a fool, to hear questions or objections. Like, man, we could use a little, a little God Shark Tank of like, just being okay with like, okay, I want to share the gospel. Like I want to share a bit of it or I want to invite you to something and I'm not going to be terrified that it, I'm going to fail. I'm, I'm going to have enough confidence that this is a good thing that I'm okay with a little rejection. Yeah. And we're all in. Like yeah. we just got to be all in. Yeah. Right. And it, all in means, you know, it's not perfect. It's not a hundred percent, but you just keep going and, and you know that you're part of God's bigger plan in whatever way for this person. Even if you just say, hey, by the way, I'm praying for you. Yeah. Like that's beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful. And I think the more our society becomes secularized and it's quickly becoming that, and I yes. know a lot of workplaces, oh. there's a, a a strong either overt or subtle, uh, a strong kind of like unspoken rule to not talk about God. Mm-hmm. To pierce that veil with, hey, I'm praying for you. Is there anything in particular? Like, that's going to leave an impact on someone. Right. right? They yeah. are not going to forget that. They that's are going right. to remember that in the difficult and the hard times. So right. I think that's a great thing you can do. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm getting all worked up well, here. I'm getting all excited. See, yeah. you're an evangelist. This is why I need you on that mic. <laughs> yeah, Ron's laughing at me over here. <laughs> it's great. It's all good. So one of the things we also talk about at um, Unleash the Gospel at Work are the six good habits. And one of those habits is um, uh, attitude of gratitude. Yeah. So what are you grateful for? What am I grateful for? Yeah. I I get to teach at Sacred Heart Seminary. So you've you know, you mentioned these boards that I yeah, was yes, on. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. These other jobs or uh, yeah. assignments and I'm really grateful for those. But uh, I'll say I'm really grateful that I get to be um, helping to form the future generation of priests and that God is using me to help these men become holy pastors and priests for all of you who are listening, for your family, mm-hmm. your children and grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm always grateful for the way they challenge me to be holier. They challenge me to be a better priest. And, you know, like so many things, it's the work we have to do, and it's important that we pour ourselves out for others. But in the pouring ourselves out, we get replenished and we get to see the great things God is doing for us and the challenge that he makes for us to grow in holiness. So... I'm really grateful to be at Sacred Heart Seminary. Yeah. It's a it's an amazing institution. I know that when I studied there, and there's many of our listeners who study there as well, that uh, being able to be in classes with our seminarians yeah. or even just people in philosophy or theology and studying together, uh, that really... I think creates this culture of cooperation in the archdiocese that we have lived for many, many, many years. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and we're always, as you mentioned, right? It's it's about continued growth. So we're always learning how to do it better. That's right. We're always yeah. improving and figuring out 
what is the gospel calling for me to do in this day and age? And um, it's so much fun to be with um, these young men who are excited about their faith and to help them grow to become great priests. So uh, invite our listeners, pray for these That's men. Right. Pray yep, for me pray. that I can become a, I can be a good model and a good teacher for them, good formator for them, and pray for these men that they can be holy and uh, evangelizing priests for the next generation. Amen, amen. If you had the chance to speak with uh, younger people, maybe people just starting out in their careers or people who, um, uh, you know, just out of college or making some some decisions, what what piece of advice, what wisdom would you offer them so that they can have apostolic boldness so that they can be, you know, they can, we've talked about that already, yeah. how they can just step into something and say something that, you know, maybe you're like, where'd that come from? <laughs> so yeah. what's... What's a little piece of advice or some wisdom you would share with some of our, just our younger listeners? Yeah. I think we have to be convicted first and foremost that the gospel is good news, that it's not just what we happen to have, or it's not just a, you know, our tradition, but it's objectively good news for everyone. And it can be hard for people to see. It can challenge kind of prevailing mores or uh, talking like a teacher whoa, now. Whoa, Sorry. Whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah. whoa. What happened Sorry. there? Whoa, hold on. <laughs> it, it, can, it can butt up against the uh, prevailing cultural norms, um, but that is still good news, and it's the news that the world needs. Mm-hmm. So I would say the first thing is to be convicted in yourself. Like, and, you know, we all have to ask ourselves this. Do I believe that Jesus rose from the dead? Mm. Do I believe that Jesus is alive and wants my happiness here and now and in eternal life more than even I do? And if the answer to those are yes, then um, then the work of how do I share that in the workplace um, becomes a how, not if or should I. So thinking about, okay, what's the smartest way to do that? Um, and uh, so the piece of uh, advice I would say about the boldness is don't be bullied into thinking that the gospel is not worth making it just a little bit uncomfortable. Um, it's That it's not worth kind of inviting someone or speaking about, because um, I think often it's fear that holds us back. Yes. Fear that we're going to be labeled a certain way or mm-hmm. it's going to we're going to get in trouble. Uh, and so to be okay with our faith making us seem different. Um, and and to try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To take that first step. The first step is always the hardest. So to invite one person, to pray for one person, to have a Bible study at at work, to, you know, talk about going to mass. Just to, to witness in your life and to know that that is good news that people need to hear. Right. And your, I always tell people your story is the second greatest story ever told. Yeah. And so the, the, how you came to faith, whatever happened in your own life, what, you know, whatever that is, that's, 
it's truth, yeah. right? How Jesus came to you, how you came to know him, how you, you know, struggle with different things you have to do. It, it's it's all truth, and we can offer that to someone. And even when we're young and we don't think, oh my gosh, I I, I didn't study theology. I don't know the catechism. Yeah. You know, like you said, are you convicted in your own heart? And if you are, he will make the way. Yeah. He will make, he will, I call those divine appointments. Yeah. He'll set up the divine appointments. I, and I, I think that's fantastic. That's exactly true. I don't need to have every answer to every objection <laughs> that might come into my mind. Yeah, right, <laughs> What if right. they ask about this? Or uh, I don't this know. embarrassing news that came out or this scandal or sure. this challenge. Like, I don't need to do that. I don't need to be the answer man. I can just give a witness of my life and God will take care of the rest. Amen. Amen. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much. Um, Before we end the Innovation Podcast, just a quick reminder to our listeners that you can find tools, stories, and resources on our website, utgatwork.org, to help you share your faith in the workplace. You can also sign up to receive our podcasts and follow us on social media. Father Steve, I want to thank you for your words of wisdom and inspiration. I know it's been uh, it's been very encouraging for me to hear and just revitalize and gotten me ready for my favorite season. Let's Lent. go, Lent. Yeah, go purple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you would be so kind to just end the podcast with a prayer and a blessing for us. Yeah, happily. Mm-hmm. Father in heaven, we praise you and thank you for your goodness to us that you have claimed us as your sons and daughters, that you have chosen us to be part of your family. You didn't need us. You weren't lacking without us. You chose us in love, pure love. We thank you that we get to live that out day by day, always remembering our relationship to you and who you claim us as and being willing to share our faith with those we meet. Father, you've given people in our lives to help us to know you. Make us bold witnesses of the gospel to others who need to hear the gospel from our lips by our lives. And bless us in this season of Lent so that we can be renewed in our commitment to your son, Jesus, who is Lord forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Be sure to visit utgatwork.org. Listen to our podcasts. Follow us on social media. Hope you can join us for the next Unleash the Gospel at Work Innovation Podcast. Our Lady of Victory, pray Pray for for us. us.